Would you turn with me this morning to scripture that we've been looking at for the last several Sunday mornings, uh, Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight. We've been talking about the spirit led life, and I don't think I'm released from that yet. We're, we camp on that. This is absolutely one of the most important things you will ever learn in life is how to be led guided, directed by the Holy Spirit. You understand, if you were always led by the Spirit, you'd never miss it. If you were led by the Spirit in every investment you made, you'd never lose any money. Did you know that? Someone said, well, I've lost some money. Yeah, because you weren't led. Did you hear me? If you were always led by the Spirit, you wouldn't stick your foot in your mouth. And it's true, and cause trouble with your relatives or family members. You wouldn't have three-day cold wars with your spouse. If you were led by the Spirit instead of the flesh. Christians should have the greatest advantage over non-Christians. In all these areas, husbands and wives are, are discussing something, and it gets a little bit more tense. And something comes up for you to say, and you know you ought not say it. And the Spirit of God checks you. No, shut up. Don't say that. But no, you got to say it. You got to say your piece. And then they say their deal. And it's three days of coldness. How many know that is absolutely unacceptable? Unacceptable behavior in Christians. You understand that opens the door? To the devil to cause you problems in your finances. Opens the door to the devil to cause you problems in your kids. Did you hear me? Strife is the manifest presence of the evil one. That's why we have zero tolerance for strife in this church and in this ministry. None. We love you. I don't care how bad you mess up. We'll stick with you. But if you want to cause strife and you don't, you won't repent, you want to persist in causing strife, you'll lose your place. You might lose your privilege of coming. Did you hear me? That's how serious we are about it. Ask my employees. Ask my wife. Ask my friends. I have zero tolerance for strife. Why? Because I have an injunction from the Lord. I'm to oversee this thing. And one thing that I'm responsible for doing, how many understand Adam in the beginning was responsible for not letting the devil get in there? Wasn't he? But he did. Stood by and watched and let the whole thing go down. Well, if I stand by and watch while strife and division and factions and splits develop, then one day I'll stand before the the seat of Christ. And he'll ask me why I let it happen. Did you hear me? So no. And I'm saying that because you should be that way. In your home. And in your business. And in your things. How much strife is okay? None. Why? Because strife is yielding to the devil. It's letting the devil manifest himself in your house and in your business. And you should not. You ought not. You don't have to. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any place. None. Right? On the other hand, peace is the manifest presence of God. Our cars should be filled with peace. It's hard to have it that way and play certain kinds of music. Did you hear me? What are they saying in the music? What what are the lyrics? Yeah, but I, I like the I like the jam. What are they saying? What are they What are they talking about? Have they completely left God out? If there's no God in it, then it's ungodly. Right? Should be peace in your home. Peace in your front yard, your backyard. Your dog should be peaceful. I'm serious. And your cat too. Somebody said, my cat's spastic. Well, you better pray for that cat. That's, that's, I'm serious. It's not okay. Everything around you. Your grasshopper should be peaceful in your yard. Hallelujah. 
Much less your children. Amen. I said, well, I, I can't help it. My teenager just lays up there and blasts that crazy, profane rap music all day and it affects my house. That's your fault. Did you hear me? Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Did you hear me? <laughs> I guess some young person didn't like that, but you sure needed to hear it. <laughs> they're, they're Bible rappers. Find somebody that raps the Bible. Romans 8, have you found your place? I better get to this. Romans 8. Everybody say peace, peace. and no strife. You clear on that? Now, friend, don't don't make exceptions with that. Don't play with that because I'm telling you, it can cost you problems. I, I had the privilege of working in healing school at Dr. Kenneth Hagin's ministry for years. And I'll just tell you this one story, I think, before we, we go to this. <laughs> uh, and I'm, as after the service, I was coming out of the door, and this young mother had this little baby in her arms, and she met me in the parking lot. Uh, she should have been at the service, you know, but she met me at the parking lot. Could you pray for the baby? Well, I looked at the baby, and the baby is obviously sick. I mean, you can tell, you can feel it. It's hot, it's running a fever, little nose running, and just in a, you know, in a bad way. Well, sure, sure, I'm, I'm happy to pray for the child. And I reach over to lay hands on the baby and to pray, and the Lord checks me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me, He said, "Don't pray." I thought, "Don't pray." And just like that, I saw, I don't mean I saw an open vision, but a new inside me. Some things. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I asked her, I looked at her, I looked up. Oh, I'd been focusing on the baby. But I looked up at her and I could tell, boy, her face was, she looked like she'd been crying. And and I said, you've been having trouble at home? She just burst out, started sobbing. I said, you and your husband been having troubles. She said, oh. God, Brother Keith, it's awful. She said, we just, we just fight and yell and scream. I said, uh, this, I pointed to the baby, is connected with that. She looked at me like I'd slapped her. I said, you got both doors open at your house for the enemy to come in and do these kind of things. I said, uh, I could pray and the baby would improve some, but if you take that baby right back into that strife-filled environment, then you got the door open for recurrence and worse. I said, for no other reason, for the baby's sake, you and he get this worked out tonight. She looked at me crying. I said, this is serious now. Do you love your baby? Well, of course. I said, your husband loves the baby? I said, well, for no other reason, for the child's sake. Y'all get in there. If you have to get put your nose in the carpet, both of you get before God and repent and forgive each other. Forgive yourselves. Get this worked out. Then you have authority. Both of you stand up and say, Satan, take your hands off our baby. Did you hear me? But see, if you yield to the enemy, you're not in a position to resist the enemy. But when you yield to God... Submit to him, then you're in a position to resist the enemy and he has to flee from you. So say it again, peace, peace, Peace. and no strife. strife. How much tolerance do you have for strife? Zero Zero tolerance for strife. Romans 8, are you there? And verse 14, we've been talking about the spirit-led life for some uh, weeks now. On Sunday mornings, talking about how to be led, directed by the Spirit of God. And this is our text in verse 14, Romans 8:14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Read that out loud with me, please. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Of God. Once again, please. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God, of course, sons mean male sons and female sons, all are called sons of God. Can we expect to be led 
by the Spirit of God. Yes, we can. We ought to be. Verse 15, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you through fear. Making decisions based on fear is going to be a a devil-led decision. Making a decision based on pride is going to be an enemy-led decision. The Holy Spirit leads through peace, leads through love, leads through light. Amen? He said, you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is bondage. The fear of death, Hebrew says, makes you subject to bondage your whole life. Christians ought not be afraid to die. Did you hear me? We got no business with phobias of this and that. To have phobias, we have to be disobedient to the scripture. And we have to to disobey God. It displeases him for you to have more confidence in your enemy to hurt you than you do in your God to keep you. Right? Right? You should not be afraid of dying in a car wreck or dying by somebody shooting you or dying by eating something bad or dying in a plane crash or dying from a disease. Everybody say, I'm not afraid. afraid. If you're born again, I mean, if everything went wrong, I mean, worst case scenario, you fell dead out of your chair today. What happens then? You step out of your body, you go, wow, that's over. (laughs) And you realize you feel better and freer than you have ever felt in your life. No aches, no pains, no stiffness, no anything. You look around, there's a big angel there and he's smiling. He goes, hi. You go, hi. He said, I'm going to escort you to glory. You want to go the scenic route? We can swing by the Milky Way. There's some neat stuff to see over there. You go, yeah, show me everything. I want to see everything. That's death for the Christian. You go to see your mansion that the Lord has built for you. Go see all your relatives that are already there. And you see Jesus. See the Father. Go to the throne of the Most High. Whew. Why should you be afraid of that? I said, why should you be afraid of that? Now, people who don't know God, they've got something to be afraid of when they die. Did you hear me? People who are not saved, they have a lot to be afraid of. Hell is real and it's awful. But for the Christian, said out loud, I am not afraid to die. I am not afraid of dying. Amen. Well, it'll make you free. You'll get out of your house. Actually take an airplane and go somewhere. Go to a busy city and drive. I'm too afraid to. Why? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Well, I might have a wreck and get killed. You're in bondage. Did you hear me? That's another message too. Keep reading. Verse 16. The Spirit itself, or as most of you modern translations say, which is a better translation, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Does the Spirit of God let you know when you're born again that you are now a child of God? Now this is not through audible voices. This is not through physical sensation and feeling. But does he let you know? How do you know? Through the witness. Now we've been talking about this for some time. The witness. And we looked up the words and talked to you about it in previous uh, services. About how this word literally means co-witness. Co-witness or a witnessing with. 
Your spirit can have a witness about something, but there's somebody else inside you. Besides you. The Holy Spirit. And you get something in your heart, and then the Holy Spirit joins in with you and confirms your witness. So it's something stronger than just you. The witness of the Spirit. Friend, you cannot be too interested in this subject I'm talking about right now, the witness of the Spirit. If you learn, someone says, well, I'm not clear on this. Well, don't get in fear that you're not going to get it. Be in faith that you are going to get it. But just be willing to stay with it long enough. Keep pursuing this. Keep thinking about it. Keep talking about it. Keep meditating on it. Keep reading these scriptures and confessing over yourself. And you won't learn about all, all about this in a week or two or a month or two. But if you'll just stay after it. This will get clearer and clearer to you until you learn how to be led by the Spirit in even small things. And every day. Oh, I thank God for what little I've learned about being led by the Spirit. I wouldn't go back to the old ways of depending on my understanding and everybody else's un- opinion or f- dumb things like flipping coins. God didn't leave us to such hit and miss methods of making the important decisions of our life. He said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you helpless. He's given us a great helper. The helper. Oh, he ha- he's full of wisdom. He's full of knowledge and understanding. He knows the future. Amen. He knows which way you ought not to go. And he knows the way you ought to go. And you can hear him and you can be led. Somebody say amen. amen. Say it out loud. I am his sheep. I know his voice. I will live the spirit led life. I will learn and grow in being led of Him until I know His direction in all the affairs of life. Amen. Release faith. Expect that to happen and come to pass in your life. Now, and again, don't give up after a day or two or a week or two. You've got to stay with this. This is a lifelong commitment. Right? But you can be so improved in six months or a year until it's a different life. A lot of you are already improved <laughs> greatly just in two or three months. Amen. Well, in talking about the, uh, the witness of the Spirit, I want to delve into a little more detail about identifying this witness. Because I know there's confusion in this area. What is the witness? How do I discern and know the witness? Go back with me to Proverbs, please. The third chapter. You guys listen so good, and I talk so much, that I could just go on and on. You know that. You don't have any doubts about that. But there, there is so much to learn about these areas. You planning on coming back some more? Because I can't say it all today. If I try to, I'll keep you too long and we still won't cover it all. Proverbs 3, are you there? How is the Holy Spirit going to lead us? He bears witness with our spirit. Not our intellect. Not our emotions. Not our physical feelings. But with what? Our spirit. Being head led is not being spirit led. Being reasoning led, logic led, intellect led is not being spirit led. Being feeling led. Somebody said, well man, I had a hot flash. I had a cold flash. I had goosebumps. That must be the Lord. Don't be led by feelings. And now get this. Don't be led by voices. The Bible said there are many voices in the world. None of them without signification. That means they're all saying something. But they're not all God. And they're not all right. Technically speaking, the witness is not a voice. You could use the word voice in some sense. But to me, it seems to me like it muddies the waters a bit. God could speak to you. And what would seem to you an audible voice. 
It has happened. It does happen. But that's not the norm. And that's not the everyday. We'll talk about those things eventually. But those are the more spectacular leadings. I'm telling you how you can be led of God every day. Amen. 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 Without anything special. But you can know the leading of the Lord. You might have a vision. You might see something. You might see the Lord. You might see an angel. But that's not the norm. That's not every day. In fact, if you put all the accounts of people hearing the audible voice of God, of people seeing visions, all of them in the book of Acts, if you put them together, you'd have to add to the scripture to say that most of these individuals, even apostles, had this kind of thing happen in their life more than two or three times. Now, I know it seems like more than that because you have all these individuals together over a period of decades. But see what I'm talking about. Take one individual and over the course of their ministry, how many times did they have a vision? How many times did they hear the audible voice of God? You'd be hard pressed to say two or three times or more in one individual's life. I didn't say it didn't happen more than that, but that's all that's recorded. And the reason I say this is because there are people who claim to be hearing the audible voice of God every day or every other day. Watch them. Did you hear me? People claim to be having visions, seeing angels, seeing the Lord every other day, once a week. I question that. Did you hear me? Watch that. These things do happen. They don't happen every day. They don't happen for everybody. And you don't want to push and press. And I I want to see a vision. I want to hear a voice. You press hard enough, the enemy might accommodate you. You might hear a voice. And it not be God. See, there are things that are spiritual. They are spiritual and they are real. And they are not God. Just because it's spiritual doesn't make it God. Someone said, it was real. I know what experience I had. I've talked to people. I had a guy talk to me some years ago. He said, well, I saw, I saw being in white. I saw him just as clear as I'm seeing you. And he told me this. I said, it can't be God. He said, what do you say that? I said, the Bible, the scripture. I quoted scripture to him that completely contradicted what he told me. He said, yeah, but I saw him. I said, sir, I am not debating that you saw. I believe you. You seem convinced to me. I believe you saw something. I believe you heard something. But how do you know it's God? How do you know it's God? Well, didn't the scripture say that the enemy transforms himself? And his representatives as angels of light. I mean, that's his number one technique is deception. Right? He is the preeminent actor. Thank God, though, when you know the book. When you know the written word, the more sure word of God, and you measure everything, you measure every sermon that you hear preached, every book that you read. This is a very, very pertinent word to many people in this place this morning. Hear these words now. I don't care who it is. I don't care what preacher it is. I don't care what book it is. You measure it, number one, by this book. Number two, by the witness you have inside of you. If it's the Holy Ghost coming through me, it's the same Holy Ghost that's in you. You're going to recognize, even if it's new to your mind, it's going to be a real familiar thing to your spirit. You might be learning something in your mind that you hadn't heard before, but in your spirit you go, yeah, it's the same Holy Ghost I walk with every day. Same Spirit of God, right? And if it seems strange to you, you think, hmm, where did that come from? Wow, I never thought, oh, I don't know. That's the thing you stay away from. Yeah, but it's brother so-and-so. I don't care who it is. Trust this book and trust what you get inside. What you get inside. Under this covenant, the new covenant, the ministers are not the only ones who have the Holy Ghost. You have the Spirit inside you. Are you with me now? Because the enemy is always trying to deceive people. Lead them down a wrong path. Trip them up. Get them, you know, hurt them some way. So that they're hurt before they realize 
that they've gotten off so bad. Don't do it. Don't follow it. There's been any number of things in life and ministry that people wanted us to hook up with and wanted us to do. And, wanted, and you, you may have noticed already, I don't just jump on every bandwagon. We don't just jump into every project that's going on. Why? I want to hear from the Lord. There's so much I don't know. How can I know the future? But when he leads you, you know it's going to be all right. There's been numerous things that people, you know, get in this or help us with this or join with this or or be a part of this. And, And they were good people in a lot of ways. And I didn't see anything wrong technically with what was going on. But I just didn't have a witness to get involved. So I didn't. And then, oh my, six months later and a year later, see why. Because it was wrong and off. I just didn't have enough understanding to realize that it was wrong. But the Holy Ghost knew. Follow the witness. Everybody say, I am. am. Spirit led. -led. Now in Proverbs 3, he talks about this. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart and lean not, which is another way of saying don't trust, unto what? Your own understanding. See, a lot of folks, that's all they have ever lived by is their understanding. They trust their understanding above all. If they can't understand it, they're not going with it. Well, then you're not going to follow God. Because he requires you to walk by faith, which means again and again, you don't understand. Go here, do this, give this, and you'll go, why? And there'll be no answer. Because you know all you need to know to walk by faith. If you have to see the whole thing and understand the whole thing before you're going to step out, then you are refusing to walk by faith. You're saying, I have to see it before I do it. I have to understand where it's going to and how it's going to turn out. I have to understand everything before I'm going to commit resources. Then you are refusing to be spirit-led. You've elevated your understanding above the Spirit's leading. Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. That's not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't trust God with your physical heart any more than you could trust God with a kidney or with a lung. Or with your liver. Heart is the inside of your being. Just like the heart of a watermelon. The heart of an oak tree. What is that? That's the center. The core of your being. Your heart. Your spirit. The spirit man. The inner man. First Peter talks about. While you're here, go to the book of Psalms, please. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Are you there? 16th Psalm. And the 7th verse. 16.7. Says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. My what? Reigns. Now, other translations use a different word. The NIV says, even at night, my heart instructs me. What does Amplified say? Heart. Anybody else got heart? Yeah, a bunch of people, different translations, heart. The, uh, the Jerusalem translation says, in the night... My inmost self instructs me. This was a wonderful revealing verse here, isn't it? God gives me counsel. How many think the counsel of the Almighty is precious? More valuable than gold. You talk about something valuable is knowing what to do in every situation. Even the most disastrous looking situations, if you know what to do, to come out, no reason to panic. We just do what God tells us and now we're coming. Amen. 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 
So much of the fear and the trauma that people go through is not knowing. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do now. That's, that's what torments people. And it shouldn't be because with Christians, we've got him inside us who already knows. Before it ever happens, he knows what to do about it. This ought to be getting a little bit exciting to some people at least. You ought to be thinking, oh man, glory to God, I I can always know. It's possible for me to always know what to do. Not just something to do, the right thing to do. The thing that will fix it. The thing that will bring results. That excites me. In fact, I've been saying this for years. I'm always at the right place at the right time. And I always know what to do. Now, you've got to say that by faith. Because you look back and you go, well, yeah, but I missed it here and I, and I made a mistake here. Forget the things that are behind. And your head will say, we don't know what to do. Say, so shut up, head. I will do the right thing. I will make the right choices. Amen? Said out loud, I will do the right thing. I will make the right choices. I will go the right direction. I'm always at the right place, at the right time, and I always know the right thing to do because He leads me. It's not because you're so smart and sharp. It's because you've learned to look to Him who knows. You quit depending on your understanding so much. You use your understanding. Don't misunderstand me. Read. Find out what you can find out. Endeavor to understand. But in the final analysis, that's not what you make your decision on. Did you hear me? Yeah, don't just be a dummy. Learn everything you can about the situation. But don't just make your decision based on the knowledge you have because you never have all the knowledge. No care how smart and brilliant you think you are, you will never know everything about the situation, much less the future. How are you going to know about the future? But the one inside you knows the end from the beginning. And what did Jesus say? He will show you things to come. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've seen a couple of things to come about this church. And it's good. I tell you one thing, we're going up. Not down. (laughs) We're going up. Amen. We're going to be a bigger blessing to a lot of people. How many believe with me that God's going to make us a blessing to people all over the planet? I mean, not just in Branson and Missouri, but people on the other side of the world are going to be blessed. Amen. Because of God blessing through us. Not just us, but God use us as a vessel. Amen. To talk to people through and to bless people through. He's going to make you so rich. (laughs) At least fourth of the crowd believes that. He's going to make you so rich. That when people come here to visit, you can bless them so much that they'll just blink their eyes and go, glory to God. These people are so blessed. And you go, you got that right. We're the rich church. Amen. And we find out about people's projects and we just take care of them. Amen. We just write them checks, chunk checks, and just take care of them. Wipe it out. Say, well, hey, believe for something else. We got this. Come on, anybody believe that besides me? You desire that besides me? Well, see, don't come by just being passive and go, well, whatever. No, you got to go for it. you got to reach for it. Claim it. Amen? Think big. Talk big. Sow big. Reach big. And obey big. Amen? <laughs> I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My reins, my innermost self, my heart will instruct me. Does this agree with our scripture we read? The Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit, our inner man, 
He doesn't lead us through our head. He doesn't lead us through our understanding. He doesn't lead us through our logic, our reasoning, our feelings. He leads us through our own heart, our inner self, our spirit. Now, why in the nighttime? In the night times, now that's not the only time he's ready to lead you. But in the night time is a good time for him to have access to you because you should be quiet. Amen. You understand this was before electricity. Yeah. This was before a hundred channels on cable and satellite. Right. When it got dark, a lot of folk went to bed. What do you do laying there for hours? You should get quiet. Right? Boy, what a different place it'd be if everybody went to bed when it got dark and laid there and prayed in the Holy Ghost three or four hours. Did you hear me? And then got, you know, eight, nine hours of sleep. Imagine that. And woke up sharp, rested, refreshed, and have heard from God. And know what to do all day long. Some of our technology has not helped us. People are surfing the internet when they ought to be quiet and sleeping. People are watching programs when they ought to be quiet praying in the spirit. In the night time, it's supposed to be a time to get quiet. You've worked all day. You've been busy all day. And I get in and get quiet. Someone said, well, I am resting, you know, with this blaring and this blasting and watching three channels at a time and somebody blasting a stereo and a dog barking and the cat meowing. That ain't resting. I said, that's not resting. Let me tell you one more time. That's not resting. Learn how to be quiet. Didn't the Bible say, be still and know? That I am God. Let me, you know, when I first started training in the ministry, and I don't even suppose to tell you I've achieved the heights of this, but I come from a long line of hard workers. My, my granddad worked himself so hard, he broke his body down. My dad worked so hard working multiple jobs. He lung collapsed and a bunch of stuff. And, and my mom, she believed us kids were supposed to be able to move mountains. She'd get a project in her mind. It was just me and my, my younger brother that was three years younger than me. And she said, we're going to tear down this old house over here. And we're going to relocate it over here to our place. And we're going to build this. And she found an old chimney of rocks, you know, three miles away. You boys bring them rocks to the flower bed. <laughs> I mean, I never went to mom and said, mom, I'm bored. <laughs> You'd never heard those words out of my mouth. I mean, if I got a chance and there wasn't some project, I was gone, man, to play ball or swim or something. But work, work, man, if you don't work, you're sorry. Anybody know what sorry means? Sorry outfit. Sorry rascal. Sorry heifer. Now, that's one of the worst ones right there. Sorry. Sorry heifer. (laughs) Southern terminology. (laughs) But man, you, you lay around, don't work, not doing something, sorry. And so, man, when I got to school training for the ministry, I mean, I worked out on the docks loading freight. I worked in the farm, get in acres and acres of corn and this and that and work the cows. And I mean, I knew how to work. But the Lord began to deal with me. Now come in here this afternoon after classes and just lay across the bed and be quiet. It was one of the hardest things I ever did. I'd get in there and lay across the bed, and I'm there for about 15 minutes, and I'm thinking, man, I could be doing something. The Lord said, you are doing something. I thought, this is hard. I mean, I'm, I'm laying, I'm thinking, here I am laying in the bed, two in the afternoon. That's just a sorry rascal. <laughs> but I, I had begun to realize I'm not training to swing a pick or an axe you guys don't care how big of a ditch I can dig this morning. Huh? How much cotton I could pick in a half a day? Is that going to help you? No. How much freight I can load and move? I need to hear from God. Right? I need to get understanding of His Word. And one way you do that is by being quiet before Him. They that wait on the Lord. Huh? 
be tired and wore out all the time because they're so busy. Now, see, that's people who are not waiting on the Lord. Do you know, in order to be what they call burnout, you have to flat disobey God. Yeah. So, so and so, bless their hearts, they work so hard in the ministry and they just burn out. They disobeyed God. Yep. You don't burn out obeying God. I finally learned, you know, there's been times I'm all primed. I, you know, I flew across half the country and I get in and I'm, and I'm ready to get this and I get on a word study. I think, man, look here. There's 1,200 scriptures on this subject. I'm going to look at every one of them. And the Lord says, go to bed. Amen. I think, Lord, I got to learn about it. He said, I know, but go to bed. Amen. We're mortal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mortal. And faith is a rest. And if you don't learn how to rest, you never learn how to walk in faith. The two are interconnected. We're having fun, I guess, huh? Can you rest? Or are you a rester? Yeah. We which have believed do enter into rest. People walking by faith, walking with God, are not upset. They're not stretched to the breaking point. They're not frantic. Not like that poster I saw one time, this caricature, this woman, I mean, her hair was all standing straight up and bloodshot eyes. And she said, I got one nerve left and you're on it. <laughs> that's, that's somebody who's not obeying God, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't get like that waiting on God. Uh-huh. Stressed. Well, that's another subject to it, but it's connected. Psalm uh, 16, you just got through reading. But turn right on over to the 26th Psalm. Psalm 26. And let's look at a couple more of these. 26, 2. Well, one, one goes with it. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. Now, uh, here's another key to being led. The Lord's never going to lead you to be deceptive. Amen. Right? So, so, well, the Lord led me to lie to them. No, He didn't. Well, the Lord led me to lead them on in a wrong direction and let them believe. No, He didn't. Never has, never will. He is the Spirit of truth. Integrity, honesty, Truth are the ways in which he leads. Right? I've walked in mine integrity. I've trusted also in the Lord. Therefore I shall not slide. How many know when you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, you don't lean to your own understanding, you follow him, you're going to stay on the good and high and right path. You won't slide off. You won't backslide. You can't backslide following God. The Lord's not going to lead you to backslide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. He leads us through our reins. Why would he use the word reins? R-E-I-N-S. Same word used for part of the steering mechanism for horses. Huh? Well, you've heard me talk about it before. And it'll bear repetition. Reins, to be spirit-led, has something in common with a rain-trained horse. We have any horse people in here today? You know something about horses? Then do you know what it means for a horse to be rain-trained? That means you don't have to have a bit in their mouth. You don't have to force them the direction you want to go. Turn to the, uh, what did I tell you, 32? You're in 26, but the next one I didn't tell you yet, did I? 32 is right. Right over to 32, just a couple of pages or a page. 32. Verse 7. 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about With songs of deliverance. Selah. 
Now this is the Lord talking specifically to us now. See, the psalmist said, you're my hiding place. You'll preserve me. And the Lord speaks back to him in verse 8 and says, I will instruct you and teach you. In the way which you shall go, I will guide you with my eye. Friend, if this verse is new to you or unfamiliar, you ought to mark it. You ought to put a star by it. God has committed his word to you that he will guide you. Will the Lord guide me? He told me he would right here. Take this personally for yourself. What did the Lord tell me? The Lord said, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. I've got my eye on you. I've got my hand on you. I've got my spirit in you. And I'm going to teach you what you ought to know. And I'm going to guide you the way you should go. Did the Lord tell you that? Is the Bible God speaking to me? Then God told me this. Take it personally. Amen. That's why you can say with authority. He is teaching me. He is guiding me. He's leading me all the time. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Be not as the horse or as the mule. Which have no understanding. Whose mouth must be held in with a rein. Huh? No. With a, a bit. Does all this go together? A bit and a bridle, lest they come near to you. Other translations say, or they won't come to you. In other words, unless you make them. You hear people sometimes say, well, uh, man, I'd have to see a burning bush to do that. Well, God had to speak to me in an audible voice. Hee-haw. Well, you know, God's going to have to confirm that to me through four prophecies. And I'm going to have to see five red trucks go by my house at the same time. I'm, you know, hee-haw. What? Stubborn. Hard to lead. I don't envy God's position. I wouldn't want to have to lead you. I mean, talking about totally lead you. I do have some job in leading you, but totally lead you in everything you do in life. Much less everybody. There's some people that'd be fairly easy to lead. Other folk, they ain't following at all. They just are full of rebellion. If you said do it, they go not do it just because you said do it. Hey, this is a free country. I'm an American. <laughs> What's that got to do with being rebellious? It's a free country, bless God. (laughs) Nobody tells me what to do. I ain't nobody's slave. I ain't nobody's servant. That means God too, I guess. You're not God's servant then. It's a problem. But the Lord is endeavoring to lead everybody. Some folk, they're not listening, don't want to hear. Other people will follow Eventually, if you'll put a bit in their mouth and a hook in their jaw and you'll pull on it for 30 days, eventually they'll go, huh? What? You want me to do something? Dull. But there's a few. I said there's a few who don't require burning bushes or audible voices or 12 confirmation prophecies or bits or bridles. They are rain trained. Now rain trained horse, it's kind of like power steering on a horse. Now I've ridden some horses that were wild. My brother used to have horses. I rode motorcycles. He rode horses. One reason I went to motorcycles, besides really enjoying them, is because they have a key. You can turn them off. <laughs> because his he had a Palomino that was just, he wouldn't use a, a saddle. This thing was mean. Oh, bite him, kick him, and look like he enjoyed it. <laughs> I made the mistake of riding this thing one day. Oh. 
And she ran away with me. I mean for miles. And I tugged and pulled and tugged and pulled. And finally this thing jumped off. We're going down some dirt roads and trails. This thing jumped off the trail, went through the woods. I made it through a couple of trees. But then she went under a tree that she had to get down under to get herself and scrape me off the back. And immediately stopped and looked at me. like. And I'm thinking, motorcycles won't do this to you. You can turn them off. But some horses, they want their own head. How many know what I'm talking about? They want their own head. And you have to have a, a real bridle, some metal, and a bit metal. And you've got to pull, and then it hurts the corner of their mouth. And they yield to get away from the hurt. Hard-headed horse. Horse that wants their own head. But there are other horses. They're cooperative. They'll yield to your steering inputs. You can get to the point where they're rain trained. You, you don't have to use a bit in their mouth. You don't have to use a metal bridle. You can use a halter of sorts and just a, a leather strap for a rein. And you can just lay that rein. Over on that horse's neck, big old thick horse's neck and skin, a little piece of leather that big, they must be barely perceive it. It's certainly not hurting them. But when they sense it, they just yield and go that direction. When they sense that slight impression, did you hear that? Slight impression, then they just turn and go that way. You and I can train ourselves To follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. To where when we sense the slight impression of the Lord. We're stopping. We go wait, wait, wait. Now what's that? Because we're looking. We're always looking. We're always listening. And we think, hmm, that's the Holy Spirit. See, people are looking for the spectacular. And they're missing the supernatural. Their minds so loud. And their feelings so loud. Their emotions. Everybody's opinions and theories. So loud. They don't even hear that still small thing that's down inside them. But friend, how many have got your, your face set on it and your eyes toward it? I'm going to be rain trained when it comes to the Lord. Amen. It's not going to be hard for him. I'm not going to be like a horse or like a mule that you have to put a bit and a bridle in their mouth. Make them go the way you want them to go. I will yield quickly. I will respond quickly. Amen. Easily. He doesn't have to make me do anything. Pull on me to do it. I'm ready. Because I trust him. I trust it. He says go that way. No matter what it looks like. He's right. Go that way. Amen. Amen. Give this. No matter what it looks like. Give it. Help this. Do it. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows. Trust him. With all your heart. You'll be spirit led. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.